This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, it's a goal. It's a goal. post for Shearer. Goal. very much for agreeing to take part in this at such short notice as well oh well uh, we are with pandemic right now so uh, not doing much so uh, no problems <laughs> um, this is a shorter episode than what we usually do so I'm not going to be able to go in as much depth as I usually but I, I, I'm hugely interested in football in Argentina I watched it when I was growing up as a child in the early 90s um, so I do want to talk a bit about that so you're from Cordoba obviously um, who were your childhood heroes in Argentina? Well I was uh, I was a third we were four brothers. I was the the third. So I mean, my two older brothers they were they were very interested in football, and they were always taking me to one place to the other, and always playing football, always connected with football, watching football all the time, absolutely every time. And uh, some of the people that you won't know because they were very very local. Uh, but of course, we're growing up a little bit more when I was eleven, twelve years. I remember the Santos of Pelé come to play one of the local teams. So uh, I went to see him. And and from the moment onwards, of course, I was uh, a big, my number one idol was Pelé. Uh, that for an Argentinian was not a very nice uh, thing to be, but uh, <laughs> I don't care. I, 
I, I just love it in the way that he played football and that's it. I think that's amazing because from my generation, Pele, we only watch in small segments. You you yeah. watched him for 90 minutes or whatever. How good was he? He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. For me, this one of the, I will call the trilogy of players. The other two were Maradona and Messi. From, from from my opinion, there are a lot of other players as well, absolutely brilliant, 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 but not as good as these three guys. These three guys were absolutely fantastic, uh, wonderful. They changed football as well. Uh, Pelé, from that point of view, he was the, the first football superstar. and He was known all over the world. Football was a kind of working class sport, but uh, it was certainly not uh, a global phenomenon. And well, Pelé did that. So uh, all the players coming after Pelé, um, I mean, we, we owe him a, a big, big debt, debt of gratitude. Yeah. What was, what was football culture like growing up in Argentina? What's, uh, I mean, I have a very happy childhood, to be honest, uh, because, but like I said, I was playing football all the time. And from very early age, I knew, I mean, nobody discovered me because in a lot of ways, I knew that I, I was good because I was playing all the time with, all the time with better players. And after that, I did a kind of, uh, Cordoba is the second city in Argentina. It's, well, it's bigger than Birmingham, say, to give you an example, or Manchester. And uh, so I was in the top, in the top five or six player of my of my generation, for example. So from the very, very beginning, I was kind of famous, you want to put it like that. And uh, I'd always, like I said, involved with football. So uh, a great, great childhood. Yeah. I mean, for, for anybody in the UK that's watched the Diego um, documentary that came out before he died, there was this yeah. sense that like the community knew about him before he started playing for his local club. Was that the same for you? Very similar, yes, because uh, Diego played for a, um, for a team called Argentino Junior that they were absolutely very, very famous in the way that they promote the, the young players that they have. And, and Diego was one of them, of course. And the one in, that is in Buenos Aires. And the one in Cordoba is the one that I was. Uh, so from that point of view we were very similar for a lot of different <laughs> we were very different in a lot of different areas as well of course yeah for you in your career you, you you sort of you've been your youth careers with your local club but you don't really is it is it right that you sort of you're in your early 20s when you start playing for the senior team or is that something that the internet makes up no 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 i um I was, like I said, we, we were in a, in a team of, uh, of the best in, in Cordoba, say, and at the end of the day, we came in to play 11SI and so on when I was 13 and so on. So of all these players, we were about 15, I will say, uh, all of them playing the first team at the end of the day. But I was the first one to play in the first team. I was 17 when I, when I did my debut. And uh, in a lot of them, it was basically was another guy and me that we were considered to be a touch extra better say. So uh, right from the beginning, I knew that I was going to be a, a football player. So one of the things that I was, I mean, my father was a lawyer and my father was not interested at all that I was playing football. Like, I mean, you see all the players in Cordoba, no one 
as soon as you finish football, they, they, they finish very poor, they don't have a career, they have nothing. Even the players in Buenos Aires, the, more, the, the most famous one at the time, the football certainly was not a career. So with my father, we come into an agreement, say, I was okay in my studies, I can, I can play football as much as I want. So uh, I, luckily for me, I was pretty good in my studies. So uh, I was studying and playing football. But at the beginning, when I was 17, 18, even though I was in the first, in the first team already, um, studies were, were the most important thing, yeah. Yeah. And was it something for you, your dad to really to recognise that you were going to move on? Because, you know, a lot of people can be pro footballers, but not become international. Did he have a certain, did he, did he, did you need to be as good as you were in order to proceed with football? Or could you have had a full career in, say, Argentina, and he would have been happy with that? Well, I didn't think in that way at that age, of course not. I, all, all I wanted to do is I wanted to play in the first team of Cordoba. Then I wanted to play in a big, big team in Buenos Aires. And then I wanted to play in the national team. And then I wanted to, do, to win, to play a World Cup and to win the World Cup. So little by little, I was doing all these things. But that is not the something somehow, I mean, you have to be in a lot of ways, you have to be in the right time, in the right place. Uh, suddenly, when I was 20, for example, I, I becoming very well, I was very well recognized in Cordoba, in the city and so on. Yes, one of the best players, I, I won the player of, of, of the year award and so on, in Cordoba. But now we are talking about national, we are talking about Argentina. To do that, has to be in Buenos Aires. So 73, 74, I was I was going places in a in a very very strong way. So so much that my study starting to be second because football becoming more and more professional, and there were already people that were starting to make a living out of football, definitely. So uh, that was, that was a possibility, and from my point of view, I mean, if I play good football and and I can have a professional career, it was uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and you went from your first club to Belgrano, which is both Cordoba, isn't it? Was there is that is that a problem in the city, or is that okay? Is that a good rivalry? No, 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 big, big problem. Uh, <laughs> what, what happened is uh, Belgrano in the in Belgrano in the first team was they have a fantastic, fantastic team, and we. We beat them in 1972. We were the champion of Cordoba. And that was, uh, I mean, we were pretty good. We had Kempe was with us already, myself, and the other three guys that later on play all in the, in the national team, for example. You won't recognize them, so I won't, won't tell you the name. But uh, so we changed football completely. But the next year, Mario Kempe left and one or two players left. So we played against the final against Belgrano and they beat us. And and they have then the right to play in the national tournament. So they ask Instituto, my team, uh, if, I can, if they can have me. So, uh, and of course, the club say yes, because it was exposure in the, in the national media and so on. So I have a very good tournament. So immediately in 75, in, in February 75, I was uh, I turned to be involved with the Argentina national team, not the DA team, but say the, the B team and and then I, I moved to Buenos Aires and well and the rest is for all this history. Yeah. Yeah. And then then 
off to Buenos Aires, as you said, with Huracan, wasn't it? And that, that yes. so so that must have been a hugely important moment for you to, to be able to play. I mean, obviously, within a European audience that, you know, there's there's River and there's Boca, but a massive, yeah. massive club, Huracan, aren't they? It is a, a massive club, very, very big, yes. But um, in, in the other hand, I mean... All I all I wanted to do, but no, not, not all I wanted to do, but I I wanted the national team. I was uh, I wanted to be in the national team, as simple as that. So this this happened. I was all seventy five. I was not in the I was in the B team, but I already went to Buenos Aires, and we have a great great team. For example, nineteen seventy eight, uh, River Play contributed five players for the national team, and Huracan my team contributed five players as well. So this is that show you an idea how how good we were. And we were fighting to see who the best thing was and so on. So in the, in the other hand, I mean, I remember I stopped, I stopped really my career, put my, because I would study law, uh, I put it on hold when I went to the national team with the A, with the A team, say. And suddenly, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, when I was 18, for example, I was, in terms of money, I was earning the same money that, that my father was earning. In fact, a little bit more. And I didn't have, I didn't spend any money. So I was, I was kind of a rich guy, to be perfectly honest, all the time. So that was, uh, that was brilliant as well. Something that I really enjoy, because I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, I've talked to Nesta Lorenzo, who played in a World Cup final, and we'll get to you in a moment. I've talked to Fede Bassone, who played um, youth football with, with Messi. And I get to talk to you about the fact that you were coached by, of course, Cesar Menotti, who yeah. is just an incredibly huge name in, in football management. How influential was he in, in, in your career? He was very influential, extremely influential. The, 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 most, the person that had more influence on me than anybody else in, in my life. Uh, because when I came to Buenos Aires, there were kind of two schools of football in, in Argentina. One was the people that, that play the, the beautiful football, to, you wanted to put it like that. that. That means a lot of possession, a lot of skill, and so on. That, of course, that was, I mean, the guy that had the flag for this was, was Menotti. But it was the other school, and the other school was very cynical. It's kind of to win at all costs and so on. So always was this kind of fight. So I was, uh, I was incredibly lucky to find, to be perfectly honest, I can play the other the other football, if, if you ask me, no problem. In fact, it's probably it's a little bit easier. But uh, but I was like very lucky to have Menotti, and so yeah, I had my principal at the time say pretty strong in the way that football, in the way that football has to be played. When I meet Menotti, was uh, it was multiplied by three or four times, so it was great. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at I look at the sort of players that, of course, I mean that's not. He won the World Cup in 1978, of course, uh, playing along some huge names, um, including yourself, obviously, um, Daniel Passarella, uh, you had Ricky Villa, Tarantini, Hausman, Kempes, of course. I mean, I could talk about this squad all day with you. What, what was that? What was that World Cup in 78? What are your, what are your fondest memories from that? Well, the fondest memory, memory is to, to win the <laughs> Because if you go if you go historically, for example, Argentina always Argentina is, you have all the time we were the best the best in the world. But I mean that was 
that was great, but it was a kind of a arrogance that it was not supported at all by the facts. In fact, one of our best World Cup was the one that we played in England in 1966, that it wasn't really that good. I mean, in the second round, we were out. And then we went to the 1974 World Cup in, in Germany, and I was looking at the, at the World Cup. I was, I was still in Cordoba. I went to Buenos Aires in 75 the next year. And I was looking, and I, I mean, Holland, that was the, the team at the time, the, the team that produced the revolution, they were better than us in, in every respect. They were better physically, they were better with the ball, they were more skillful, they, psychologically they were much, much better. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't possibly compete with them. And uh, incredibly, four years later, we play, we play the final with them. Not only we play the final, but we beat them, and I mean, in a very good game, 3-1 and so on. So that is uh, that shows the kind of work that Menotti did, and we all the players did. Um, it was uh, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic tournament and fantastic for for all of us. Yes. Yeah. Do you wish that Cruyff decided to go just so you could have sort of gone up against him in in, in that final? Well, looking back, I mean, after that, I would say, well, I wish that he he went. At the end of the day, he decided not to. And to be perfectly honest, when he decided not to, and suddenly we were we were in the final, and the and the Dutch team was without him. That was his the best player at the time. Was probably the best player in the world as well. Well, that's great for us. I mean, I won't feel sorry for for Holland and so on. And in fact, this question has to be asked to to Johan, why he decided not to go and so on. Uh, at the time, I think he had a, a few personal problems because a lot of people say it was political and so on, but it wasn't political. At the end of the day, before he died, he, he recognized, he said that it was personal problem that he had at the time, whatever. From our point of view, I mean, you are in this kind of uh, tournament, the World Cup, or you play the final of the, of the FA Cup, or any game and suddenly you hear that the well, oops, the best team the best player of the other team don't play well you cannot be so cavalier to say oh what a pity that he's not playing i wish he was playing and so well, no he's not playing it's better for us good that's it <laughs> well yeah exactly isn't it you want to win don't you you don't necessarily uh, uh, mind on that yeah i don't want to admire him how well he plays so we just want to to win the world cup that's it and <laughs> and one of the most iconic imagery of, of football at World Cup level is is this crowds in Argentina with the ticker tape and everything like that. I mean, it's before my time, but it's something that I just vividly remember, even when I used to watch football in the early 90s, just in normal domestic games, just an incredible atmosphere. Hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was really, Argentina is a very football country. I mean, like England, incredibly fanatic about uh, football, 100%. I have to say, maybe in England you have some other sports that they are not a football, but I mean, close, say cricket or rugby or whatever. Argentina yeah. is just football. So uh, everybody talked about football Monday, everybody talked about football and yeah. so on. So the, the amount of support for us was incredible, yes. In the other hand, I mean, the support in principle is brilliant, but it could be like it could produce a kind of boomerang. You remember, for example, Brazil in not so long ago, they lost in the semifinal against Germany 7-1. That was, I mean, that was not the difference between the two teams. The problem was that Brazil was playing in Brazil and somehow the crowd was 
pushing the, 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 the team forward. And at the end of the day, they were committing anarchy. I mean, every time they go forward, they have one goal again, for example. This is how difficult it could be. And in the other hand, in the way that we play with Menotti and so on, we were a very positive team. I mean, we were not going to the pitch and speculate. No, no, no. We were really, really going to put pressure in the other team, go forward all the time and so on. So it was, uh, it was incredibly risky, but uh, we had to do it and we did it. And I imagine we did it quite well because we won it. Yeah. Um, two final questions on Argentina and you get them all the time, I imagine. One, Diego Maradona, he was good, wasn't he? Yes, I was <laughs> very bad. Oh, yes, one, um, I was very lucky to play with him extraordinary players. We, we leave Diego for a moment, but for example, people like Rene Hoseman, for example. Rene Hoseman was my partner in, in my club, Huracan. Um, and of course, Mario Alberto Kempe, they were, they were very, very, very special players. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, can be the most special of, of the lot. That was Diego. Diego was, uh, what can I say about him? He was, he was simply extraordinary. I mean, he looked like he had uh, eyes in the back of his head. He, he knew exactly what was going on. Um, his left foot, his right foot. In fact, his right foot was even better than my right foot. I mean, what happened? He never used it, but uh, he was brilliant as well. He can hit the ball. He can do whatever he wants. So to play with him, it was, uh, it was, it was fantastic, really. I mean, to be in the same pit with him and and do not look. Uh, a silly man, it's, uh, he was brilliant. Absolutely. And final question. I mean, I know the logic behind the alphabetical order, but Ardiles number one, come on. There's no, you didn't want to wear the number one shirt, did you? Well, yes, because I was the number one player, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe later, no problem. Referee got in the way, but McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! It's a goal! McLaughlin's 25th minute effort takes a deflection and Tony Norman's luck runs out. Swindon Town 1, Sunderland nil, and the West Country fans celebrate. I mean, again, time is against us, but you came over to England and you represented Tottenham Hotspur for 10 years. Coming over to Europe, was, was that always, you, you talked to me quite, you know, matter of fact that you were going to do this, then you were going to go to Buenos Aires, then you were going to play for the national team. Was moving to Europe always a part of the plan? No, 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 no not at all, not at all. But it was not, well, no, exactly, definitely not. It's playing for a national team, for example, it was kind of my dream, but it was not uh, at the beginning when I had this dream, this is what they were, dreams. But of course, when you were coming, when I was in the national team, we come to play here in Europe in 1976. And so I like it. And I said, well, you know, they, they started at that time, the best players to be in Europe, basically because of economics. So, uh, so yes, I started before the World Cup. I already have said that I wanted to carry on my career in Europe. But I was saying Europe it means in this order: Spain, Italy, France. That's it. Um, England, of course, never ever crossed my mind. Simply by the fact that I mean there were no foreign players here, as simple as that. So uh, England was a no-no country, say. 
So, but immediately I remember in the being in the when we won the World Cup, we were in the we were in the dressing room and so on, and suddenly celebrate and so on, and everybody at the end of the, at the end of the day when everybody went quiet and one or two people talk, and I and I was one that talked and said, uh, "Well, boys, uh, they were my friends and so on. I mean, this you don't really realize, say right right now, but I can assure you that this what you have done, what we have done today." It has changed our life forever. Everything will be completely, completely different. So uh, we wait to see what luck uh, come our way and, and, and good luck to all of us. Basically, I knew that everything would be completely different. From my own point of view, I was immediately, well, that's it. Uh, I will play in Europe now. And in fact, I never play again in Argentina, a uh, proper game, I play friendlies and so on. But proper game I, I never again play in Argentina yeah and, and what's so incredible about your Tottenham spell um which I don't think I mean I, I don't think many consider it is the fact that you were one of the early regular overseas players but you were there for so long as well and of course you, had, you, you went away during the Falklands to play at PSG um but I mean you it must be something of terrific pride for you in, in that era to go through that long a spell at a club um, and just be so popular at that point as well without moving away. Yes. Um, well, I think that, that requires a little bit of history as well. And England won the World Cup in 1966. He had a very, very good World Cup in 1970. England lost only against Brazil. That was the team of the tournament, the team of the, for me, probably the best team ever in football. And they only lost one nil, and in fact, it was a very, very close game. Um, but then, come 1974, uh, England did not even qualify. 1978, England did not even qualify. So England was, because of the success of 66, playing in a certain manner, nobody changed it. Everybody was doing this kind of, it was a kind of militaristic approach, if you wanted to, to put it like that. And football was changing. It was changing with Brazil in 1970. It was changing with Holland in 1974, and so on. So in England, they saw the well. The problem was that there were no foreign players. That's it. Uh, it was completely, completely close. Uh, there were only Brit British players, Irish players, and so on. Oh, sorry. Yes. So, um, so in, they opened the the gates say, for for foreign players. And in fact, Ricky Bill and me, we were the very first two that arrived here. And one week later, they were. Ars Muren and Tyson from they went to they were Dutch players that went to Ipswich, and immediately I had to say they follow us. We were we were pretty good, say. And <laughs> well, yes, at the end of the season, for example, every single club in the Premier League, what is today the Premier League, have at least one foreign player, and the foreign player that they have, he was a kind of very very influential player. He was the he would have been a number 10, somebody that creator, making everybody play, or he would be a center forward. So this is because of the success immediately. I mean, it was, was another kind of football and so on. And, uh, and we Ricky, we arrived, and, and yes, I'm very proud that we, in a lot of ways, we changed uh, the way that football was played. 
Uh, then it was very much the ball in the air, long ball, etc. You remember some of the discussions, why have a five touch? If you one touch, you can score a goal and so on. All these very, very silly ingredients, say. But uh, football changed from that moment onwards and, and forever. And if you look right now at the team, you, you can see, <laughs> I mean, the amount of foreign players is, is incredible. So basically the best player in the world, I mean, it doesn't matter what nationality you are, are here. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, I mean, over 50 caps for Argentina, winner of a World Cup, top 10 single, FA Cup winner. So how do you end up at Swindon Town? That was in uh, 1889. So I was playing in, I, I, I was playing in Tottenham. The last year I played with, with Power Ranger. I have an injury. I wanted to, my idea when I came to England, I was 25 years old, I was be thinking, well, I play three years here and I go back to Argentina, finish my career in law and, and do something different. But basically I could not give up football. It was as simple as that. So suddenly I was 36, 37, I was carrying on playing football. So I was in Tottenham, I couldn't play in Tottenham anymore. So I went to play in, in QPR, I played one year there, I was injured, I made, I noticed I was becoming more and more injured. And it was a possibility to go and play for Fort Lauderdale in the summer to see how I was after my, my injury. So I played there. Uh, not many people know that, but we were a champion of, of America this year. But football was um, was suffering quite a lot. It was after Pele years in, in America. And football was suffering a lot, really. Um, anyway, when I was there, I... I I knew that the, the end was coming as a player. And it was uh, uh, our chairman, Mr. Gilliard. You remember his name, yeah? Yeah, David Hillier, yeah. Yeah. And uh, suddenly he was on the phone, Aussie, you want to come to Swindon? And uh, I mean, as a player manager, blah, blah. And immediately said, yes, I, I'm going tomorrow. So I, I traveled back from the United States, from Florida to, to Swindon, in me I designed the contract and, and that's it, I start to work. So uh, it was brilliant to be perfectly honest. I mean, and suddenly I was playing manager. So I mean, I, I played the first game against Sunderland, we lost one nil at home. And we I played in the second game, we were playing uh, Oldham in the, in the plastic pitch. I was in the bench, we were winning 2-0, but uh, they, they were coming at us very strongly. So I put myself in the in the game to quiet the ball down, etc. etc. We finished the game drawing two all. And from that moment onward, I said I will not play one single game again. And I didn't play. <laughs> I, I I sacked myself as a player. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Oldham were very good at that stage, weren't they? But um, a very bold move. So, I mean, when you, when you arrive at Swindon, we'd had great success with Lou Macari, but played a different kind of football. Do you remember yeah. having to retrain some of the players to to adjust to your way of thinking, or was it very simple? I told him from day one that we were not going to play like that because I saw a few videos and so on. I didn't like it at all. And I said, look, we are going to change completely. We are Everything is going to be played, everything from the back. Some of the people, some of the players, they look and they look to each other and say, well, what he's talking about? <laughs> and as well, I had quite a lot of criticism from because the result 
we didn't start very well. I mean, they said we were going to fight. Before. We lost the we lost the first game at home against Sunderland. Incredibly, we beat them in the final to get promoted after, uh, and we drew against Oldham. So it's about also with this kind of uh, football. Forget about being promoted. We are going to be relegated, surely. So there were some doubt, but in the other hand, uh, well, the idea was uh, was doesn't matter. We will we have to play, and again the players. The players took it to their heart because you said to a player, look, you cannot play. You When the ball comes, you just kick it as far away as, as, as you can. And, and in the other hand, you say, no, 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 you have the chance. Control the ball and play. They start playing and so on. Well, the players start to improve a lot. And of course, sometimes we make mistakes in the back or whatever, it cost us a goal. But they will not say, they would not hear a, a wrong word from me. It doesn't really matter. I mean, this is this is the the risk we had to take, and suddenly and little by little we started to be a, a superb team, uh, incredibly difficult to beat. I remember, I remember we played Stoke one away from home. The, the manager was Alan Ball, and uh, we beat them six two, I think. And after the game, he came in and congratulated us, boys. This is absolutely wonderful in the way that you play and so on. And that was, uh, and it was wonderful. I have to say, it was wonderful. I mean, at the end of the day, we won the final against Sunderland. We only won one nil. It should have been, in fact, I was very worried because with all our, all our possession, all the chances we were creating, we were not scoring. And uh, I was starting to be very, very worried, you know, because it could be football, you never know. It could be one of these days. But Maka scored, a, Maka scored a goal, and, and after that, when the final whistle came, it was, a, it was an incredible feeling. Wonderful, wonderful feeling. I mean, a lot of people were crying, a lot of players were crying, and the supporters were crying. Remember, the, in the way back in the past to, to Swindon from, from Wembley, it was a magnificent occasion, yeah. Where, where does that, considering you've won the World Cup, you've won an FA Cup, things, you know, massive trophies compared to what we did that day, where does it stand for you? Because, of course, that was your first season as a manager. It must be very much up there in your, in your, you know, in your list of achievements. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, in fact, uh, in Swindon, we, we were one of the most, uh, our budget to to buy players, to, to improve the score, and so on, were one of the, the, the smaller in the league. And at the time, we were fighting, we were fighting with Leeds, Newcastle, Sunderland, New West Ham. There were a lot of very, very strong teams and so on. So to, to be promoted in Blackburn, to be promoted before them, it was, it was a magnificent achievement. And to, be, and to do it in, at Wembley as well, and with his style as well, Playing in the in the way that we were playing, it was beautiful to see, and so on. It was a, definitely, definitely was a it was a great, great achievement. Certainly, I I did enjoy it very, very, very much. In fact, and thirty one years on, how how sort of rueful do you look back at the fact that we weren't allowed to go up that year? That was that was a. Uh, that was incredibly hard to take. I remember after that, I went to Argentina, I went to visit my father and mother. So 
I went to Argentina and I was kind of four or five days and they give me the news. So Ozzy will have been relegated. Oh no. So I took the next plane back. I was only four or five days in Argentina back to, and, and, and we, we decided we are going to fight it, fight it, fight it. And uh, we make it, uh, we make it quite difficult because I mean, they were the fixture, the fixture could not, uh, could not, the season could not start, the fixture are not uh, agreed. And we put an injection in in in, in the course, or it was oh, it was a huge 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 struggle. I mean, they just swing on to kind of give an example to the rest of the league. So from that point, definitely it was not right. Yes, they were saying that they were happening in the club, but I mean, there were a lot of clubs that they were doing that. In fact, there were a lot of clubs much much bigger than Swindon doing that. But somehow they. They never touched them, um, so it was a kind of funny enough. They never, they never did the same thing with any other club, uh, and the evidence was there and everything. But somehow, like I said, it was a kind of example. Okay, Swindon, so don't do it anymore. And for everybody, don't do it anymore. But why? Why it has to be us? So it was, uh, it was very, very hard to take. Yeah, and and that of course made it very hard the following season for you before you left. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Oh, I remember I was, in fact, very much downhearted. I try my best not to be, but it, it was. I mean, uh, it was a kind of, we have to do it everything again in the same division at the end of the day, but uh, we had to be, we wanted to play with the big boys and so on. And a lot of the players as well, um, they were very sad and some players left as well. So it was, it was very hard, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have much time to talk much further. You can see you had a hugely long and impressive uh, managerial stint. But when did Swindon related? I mean, one of the things that, you know, is quite emotive for Swindon fans right now, and rightly so, is, of course, Alan McLaughlin, who we lost um, this yeah. year. And you were largely yeah. responsible, really, for turning him into the player that he would become with Swindon and, of course, with Portsmouth. Um, a terrific yeah. player. Alan was a great, great player. Uh, I have a lot of memory, not only Alan, but uh, everybody else. We were a kind of, uh, apart from the football, the other part of the other part of Sweden, well, we were a very, very, very happy family. Um, I remember once a week we went to one of the pizzerias there in uh, in uh, in Swindon, and we all the players, we all have a, a, a little drink, we all have a, the pizzas and so on. It was a very, very happy family. Um, and this togetherness at the end of the day helped us. So, uh, yes, Alan was, I mean, he had a wonderful, wonderful season. Uh, but every single player in, improved. Maybe Alan a little bit more than than, than the rest, say. But uh, every player improved a lot. The defenders now, they were not kicking the ball. I mean, the ball coming in... in into the area, for example, and the first thing that they have in their head is, oh, we have to control it and we have to play. You only kick the ball anywhere. You are under incredible pressure. If not, you don't. Um, so it was that. I mean, I remember one day we played we play Watford and we're two or three minutes to go and um, Duncan had the ball and he went to the corner. We were winning one nil. And I was like, what are you doing? I mean, how do you, how you are going to take the ball to the to the corner. Funny enough, there are teams now in the Premier League, super, super players that do this. It's incredible. Anyway, so you have to carry on playing. 
Of course, there's no other way. You have to play and play, and you score one goal, you score another goal, and you score two goals, you score another goal. So, so it was not a speculation. It was it was beautiful football. It was beautiful to see, and it was brilliant. I can't think of a better way to end it on, really. Um, Ozzy, I mean, my first game as a as a Swindon fan was during your time at the club. Um, so I look back. Uh, with great gratitude and very fond memories. Ozzy Adidas, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Yes, uh, I, I have to say I'm a little bit sad as well to see Swindon in the position that they are, they are in at the moment. So it's a club that I always follow from, from the bottom of my heart. So I, I would like to wish them all uh, the best, the best of luck to come back to the division that Swindon should be. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.